Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Pensacola Business Radio. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Keith over here, broadcasting live from Pensacola in our fantastic new studio. I've uh, got a whole group of eclectic uh, uh, gentlemen on around this table and uh, across the computer with me today that are, uh, are going to join me in exploring this uh, fantastic world of insurance insanity, as I've been calling it. Um, for those that uh, are just tuning in, this is our series where we kind of get into all the different industries in, in, that, that we find interesting here at Business Radio X and really start showcasing uh, a lot of the inside information and what's really going on and how it really works kind of stuff. So these uh, months we decided to do insurance. Now, why somebody told me to do insurance is that I don't know. And I think it was, you know, most people are going to hear me. They're going to say, oh, insurance is boring. Why do you really want to talk about it? Right. But I know for a fact that these guys are not so boring. And I know that uh, especially after the likes of the hurricanes and things that have come through, some of the things that these guys see and some of the lives that they live is a little different than what I think is uh, everybody gets exposure to. So we wanted to help highlight some of that. And so this is a a bit our our series that we're doing. So Insurance Insanity, this is our fourth episode. And um, I actually get to take the the backseat today. So I've got Robert in the studio with me. So good uh, afternoon. Hey, and this is Robert with Goosehead Insurance. And uh, and then I've got across the computer here um, the man of the hour because I don't have to talk finally for once. So this is going to be a really good show because I'm, I'm talking less. Is uh, is Jason? He's from uh, Big Pitch and, and CEO Radio. And uh, Jason, you there? I'm here, man. Ready to rock and roll, brother. So so Jason for uh, our listeners is. Um, Man, he said, I don't know, 9,500 some odd conversations, I think, is the last time we counted. And uh, yep, has been doing yep. big CEO stuff. So you get to talk to all the people at the top. And I'll tell you what, you want to talk about some insightful stuff and some some really good, good conversations. This guy's Adam. So uh, Shark Tank, I know, has been a, a, a feather in his cap for sure. And um, um, you know what, Jason? I, I can only do so much. I'm going to let you kind of take the lead. But, uh, let, you know, let everybody kind of introduce themselves and then we can get started, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm I'm so thankful to be on your show, Keith. I'll be honest with you, man. Every time I get on a radio show, I always have a habit of going back and listening to as many of those podcasts I possibly can to get a sense of their interview style. And I'm I'm not trying to kiss your butt or nothing, but you're in the top two and a half of every <laughs> host that's ever interviewed me, man. And I think that that's a huge accomplishment. But for real, you do a great job, and I love listening to your interviews. Thanks, man. If it's any consolation, I just thought I'd plug that in there as well. Thanks. I appreciate it. But this one's good because, I don't like I said, I get to talk less, so it's all you. I'm happy. (laughs) Thanks, man. Thanks. Real quick snapshot, not to bore everybody with the details, but he's right. I've had the luxury in the last 10 years both on podcasts. But I started off in podcasts, and I moved to terrestrial radio, I had two nationally broadcast syndicated radio shows. One was called Catalyst Business Radio, which started off in 12 markets and went to 34 markets. That network got pushed by another network, and they hit me up with an idea of doing Shark Tank on the radio. I actually came up with the idea where I just wasn't another talking head, and fate would have it that we ended up connecting up with Kevin Harrington, one of the original Sharks and Shark Tank. He's the one that got replaced by Mark Cuban, and he was going to provide guests for us that would pitch their products and services and I talked them into being a co-host with me we ended up doing about 600 shows together we were doing five days a week interviewing three people a day and we were crushing it and I wound that show down and started a CEO show so I can start interviewing people that were more in my network which are 
people in the world of finance and investment banking and family offices and things like that. And so CEO shows a derivative of that. And then, as you know, Keith, around your network as well, I have my own network and we kind of network together. But, I mean, each one of our episodes gets roughly, by the end of the year, we'll get roughly right around three hundred fifty to 750,000 downloads. Yeah, quantifiable. I, I like that. Each time I interview somebody. And so we've leveraged all the radio stuff to a point to where we're in the, the today's world with technology in such a capacity and you do this and you're 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 my main marketer all this you know i think we got 17 shows and they got like 34 million podcast downloads last month alone that's insane numbers and so i joined forces with keith because we both have radio networks and we've had that experience and we kind of merged a little bit and now we're just hyper accelerating each other's own business models so i appreciate you having me on the show we are going to talk about insurance insane insurance right um and insurance insanity and but we are going to meet another great guy his name is robert and um can tell us a little bit about his story in terms of what he has done and accomplished what like you said keith we're going to get into some of his uh you know greatest opportunities trends and understand some of the challenges he may have in barriers to growth ideas strategies tips that he could convey to the audience and we're really excited to have him on uh, hey, Robert, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much, Jason. Good to be here today. Appreciate you having me on. No, it's my pleasure, man. I always have a good time. I, I always thought 9,500 interviews ago that I'd get bored after like 9,430. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. You know, everybody's got this a different story in, in Everybody gets to, because I was I was the same way. I thought, man, there's no way after 200 interviews or whatever, I'm gonna be done. I'm just gonna be tired of talking, and it, it hasn't stopped yet. And some of the yeah. stories they just keep coming, and every one of them is different. So I, I've learned, I can't wait to write my book. We're very we're very blessed, aren't we, Keith, to do what we do? I really think so. Um, it's not a bad gig. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And we're drawing other people in to do it. We're teaching others how to do it. It's awesome. You know, Robert, when I meet people, I try to look at it from a perspective going back a little ways to build a little bit of stories. Do you mind telling me where you grew up and did you grow up around a fam- a group of a family of entrepreneurs or were they more traditional in nature? Uh, no, sir. I was uh, grew up and uh, born and grew up in Minnesota. Uh, up there, my dad has been a wrestling coach for 48 years. Uh, retired just a couple oh, wow. of years ago. Uh, so he he coached up there. Lost the job there. They dropped the wrestling program. We moved down here to Pensacola. He started a program here. Uh, so very much the traditional. Um, although uh, working as a teacher, you don't make a whole lot of money. So he did some side things. Um, and believe it or not, he worked for a life insurance company as well for a little while. Um, but we moved down here to Pensacola in 91. Uh, and I've been here, uh, married here uh, with four kids now. Um, so we've been here for quite a while now. Once you get here, it sucks you in, man. It does. You can't leave. <laughs> yeah. you can't leave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you go back to... The, the way you grew up and where you grew up and the influences of the environment, how do you think that that's translated or helped you, assisted you, hurt you, 
when it comes to the way that you pursue your business practices today. Uh, yeah, my dad taught uh, and instilled in me um, going out, working hard, making a living. And he did it um, as a coach. And then during the summers, uh, doing different things, a lot of it was with life insurance. And so now um, I guess maybe I have a little bit more of the entrepreneurial spirit. I want to go out and um, make uh, something for myself. At the same time, we've my wife and I have made a commitment to keep her um, as as much as we can home. She does a couple uh, things on the side as well, uh, but she's staying home with the kids. So um, I've, I've the, the burden, I guess, is on me to go out and to be able to provide for the family. So um, being involved in something where I can do that, um, uh, where hard work does pay off. I love commission paying jobs. Um, they are both good and bad. Uh, if you work hard, you will get paid for it rather than just the hourly wage. Um, uh, the commission side seems to have a little bit more of an appeal um, for the hard work that you put into whatever it is that you're doing. Is, is insurance, and I'm thinking about it like I'm going to use an analogy of a black and white. Is it black and white in the sense that you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur starting off, nobody starts off as a huge agency with 100 agents. But you're a you're, but if if it's is it an and or where you either gonna you either uh, relegate yourself to a hundred to hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in residual commissions and or is it just scale is it just grow and add more agents under you and is that is it really just an and or and what what do you think differentiates Okay, so yes, that is a very good question. From people that pursue that versus right. that don't pursue that. Yeah, very, very good question. I think that is the typical um, viewpoint of insurance. It's either and or. Um, Goosehead started a couple, uh, about 15 years ago, and when they started it, uh, it's they're based in Texas. They wanted to kind of break the mold with that, um, and and so yes, when you when you start the insurance agency, a lot of times um, at some point you have enough customers underneath you that you kind of stop growing because you're trying to service those customers. So either you stay right. where you're at and you're you plateau. Tra- trading time for do- dollars. Right. Exactly. Traditional yep. professional services type business. Yep. Or you bring someone on and train them and hope that they stay with you rather than training your competition. They go out and leave you. And well, then you're at the proverbial circular, you know, you're trying to service customers yes. and you got the whole lead gen, new client acquisition yep. bottleneck that takes place. And it becomes this non wanted ebb and flow. Right. So Goosehead wanted to do something different. So they came up with this idea. They said, most insurance agents are very good at going out, networking, meeting people, talking to people, being able to write the insurance policies. They said, however, one thing that they're not very good at is the service. I don't want to sit behind my desk and not to be mean, but I don't want to answer your questions and try to figure things out. I want to go and get new business. So what they did is they hired a girl and said, okay, prove us your worth. And she started the Goosehead service team. So we have a team now specifically dedicated to helping us as agents answer your questions. So well, that's some, a concept, right? Yes, sure. exactly. Right. So the guy that started Goosehead, his name is Mark Jones. He used to work for Bain Capital. Um, and his wife actually, okay. uh, his wife was a realtor. She left the real estate business and opened up an insurance agency in hopes of bringing him back home. At first, he was yeah. uh, a little questioning that, um, but then saw the potential there. 
So um, he left his job and um, through a couple of years then started Goosehead Insurance. So, yeah, so they, they have set up a specific uh, team, service agents, and all the service agents are um, insurance. Um, they, they have their certificates. They are fully licensed. How many um, agents are underneath the umbrella? Um, we're up to close to 2,000. I think by 2020, they want to have 2,000 here nationwide. Jeez, oh my, right. my goodness gracious. So That's a they, pretty big uh, footprint. They they do now. If you compare us to some of the you know the, the bigger ones, no, we're still small. Right, but you're kind of in that middle market, yes, like level size company, yep. you know, ten to fifty million. Too too small to be big, too big to be small. And the the service team there has really uh, made a name for itself by it helping out been. the agents. Yes, and so we I, we have the ability to. Um, get out there and sell and, and talk to customers. And even if I, even if it was a close friend of mine and they said, Hey, I have a question about this. Well, by the time I get back to the office, look it up and help you out. It could be a while Call the service team. The average hold time right now, I think is about 91 seconds. Even um, when the hurricanes hit over in uh, the Carolinas, even with everything that was going on there, our hold time was still less than two minutes being able to help out our customers. So, so you would agree, huge. right, that every yes. rose has a storm, right? Right, exactly. In your business, what would you say your biggest barrier to growth is from from your particular company's perspective? And um, you, if you just had to lay it out on paper. Yes, okay, so uh, two-part answer to that. The first part is marketing. With Goosehead, they do not go on the radio or TV. You will not see us on um, national radio or TV. They Until have, now. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, so what they what they have encouraged us to do then is they, have, they put their money into two things. Number one, the service team. Number two is us as agents. They want us to go out and develop relationships and friendships. So, um, do, they go, want, do they want you guys to participate in the financial contribution to get that accomplished? Um, to a certain extent. So this is a franchise. So there are some franchise fees with that. Um, but right, no, but they want you to have. They want you to set aside a budget for marketing spend, at least a portion of what they would also contribute as a franchise. Yep, about a hundred dollars a month. Um, they really want okay. us. Well, wow, Boy, right. they're really, str- they're really right. want you guys to go after it. <laughs> so, like, can we bat like 0.001 percent, please? So they really are focused on. We us. have a zero percent commission. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, goal set. Um, so, but but I mean, obviously, you no, know, everybody's spending one hundred dollars a month. I mean, I'm assuming that different people, depending on their ambition or time in the business, correct? Whether they're at a plateaued, if they. Flatline if they're growing if they're dying. Yep. So um, so the burden. I imagine there's different marketing expense across every single one of those agents. Right. So the burden falls back to the agent. Okay. What is the agent going to do? They're very big on. Um, couple days a week going out, bringing uh, breakfast in for a, uh, a a lending company or a real estate company or a title company, develop, develop relationships with them, um, taking someone out for sure. coffee, meeting with them. So all in all, very, very inexpensive things that you can do to develop the relationship with the lender, the realtor, uh, the financial guy. So, um, And I was talking with, uh, with, with Jordan yesterday about some of this. It, it seemed that um, one of the shifts that happened here in the paradigms that, that you guys were facing was it your clientele even though they are the end consumer and the the, the residential uh person or, or the you know just your everyday uh mom and pop 
but your actual feeders for that mm-hmm. and, and way that you guys were getting the business was to build your network through uh, obviously referral system, but, but you're strategically choosing those that are ob- in your world. So the mortgage brokers, the right. real estate agents, the, Correct. the, the lenders and those, the, um, and then, and then you the guys had sort of this, business. yeah. And then they, you had sort of this trifecta, uh, return of, of investment yes. from the other, you know, you guys send referrals, they send referrals and yep. everybody kind of gets along stuff, but, but there was no necessarily, um, incentive other than your own hunger. To, right. To, yeah. Know, the burden of proof falls back to the agent yeah. himself. I want to get out there and, and build, build a company, a name for myself. I'm going to get out there and, and market to these, to these groups of people so I can build and grow. Yeah. yeah. I have to apologize in advance, guys. I'm getting ready to argue with myself. <laughs> this you happens know, quite often. Black and white thing. Like it's either like you're going to be a hundred fifty thousand dollar a month gross business, net business, hundred twenty, maybe one hundred seventy, net business, hundred thirty, or you're going to be like five million, ten million, fifty million, whatever the case may be. You're the Goldilocks middle market space of this industry, um, but just like there's a spectrum of. Um, interest in growing their own business and ultimately marketing spend to get leads in front of the right people to close new business, whole spectrum of those people, right? So it's not just somebody spending 100, the next person spending 300. If you're not spending 100, 300 a month, you're not spending anything, right? Whatever the case may be. But would you say like most of our guests that we've spoken to in the past that one of the biggest challenges you guys find is getting in front of the right people? Yes, absolutely. Um, the the mantra, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Um, so yes, you definitely want to get in front of the right people. Um, and sometimes you happen on that person by chance. Sometimes it takes a little bit of while to finesse that relationship. Are you guys getting a, like, like when you get the referrals and stuff from the lenders and the realtors, are, are you getting pre-qualified people? Um, for the most part, yes. If, so, like, coming it's, from it's, the lender. It's going to happen. And- yes. Coming from the lender, most of the time they've already got the house picked out. They they send us the email with the person's name and the address saying, okay, this that we've put a contract. Now we need to get the insurance. Right. Um, the realtor, same thing. They they won't get in touch with us until they get um, until they land on a house as right. well. So, And then you guys are really just like a suggestion from, from them, right? Uh, do you... Do all of those that get referred to you are they are they hundred percent like for sure you guys are going to close um, deal deal or no? Sometimes they may know it. they ha- they may have a friend. Uh, sometimes the realtor or the lender will uh, shop us out to a couple of different right. um, insurance. So you're still you're still like a hit or miss, right? It's Correct. Just the name still of the list, and, and then yep. you got to. So there's no loyalty there, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But the de- the better you are able to develop that friendship with that lender or realtor, um, the the more that and the more that they trust you, and the more that you are able to help them out. So insurance is a necessary evil. You have to have it. Most people don't want it. Most people don't know a whole lot about it. You have to have it though, so it's something that they gloss over with, uh, and, and keep moving. Um, but if you can make the realtor or the lender look good by providing good service, getting back in a timely manner. Um, you know, helping them hit that debt to income ratio. Uh, well, listen, I, I, I think that that's a great thought process that, and we're on a good uh, sort of path here. Right. But I'm, I'm going to challenge everybody to take it one step. But in fact, take it a hundred steps, take it a thousand steps further than that. Okay. Everything in business is about having a differentiator one, right. Becoming a destination where you get people to congregate the part with the credit cards too. Right, so it's all about how many conversations you because you can't close somebody if you're not talking to somebody. We can all agree on that. That's yeah, correct. Rather bold statement of me. Assuming you guys wouldn't know that, but my point is, is that now it's like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? What's next? Right, because if you have 
the vision at one point of being, if, see, I, if I ask 10 people what their exit strategy is, what percentage of those people don't know the answer? 99. <laughs> right. Or 100, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like saying, hey, here's my exit strategy. This is the destination I want to achieve. And let's get economical about it and say, well, I want to sell this business one day about January of 2022 for $7.5 million. And if everything's selling at a three to four time multiple, we got to say, well, we got to build this business revenue up to $2 million at least mm-hmm. to hit that market ready valuation mm-hmm. that will achieve the investment at full acquisition at a two to three, four, five times multiple. Right, so you have to know that definition. Like to get in a car, put a bicycle on, and say, "Let's go to California." Like you'd run around in circles and look like a herding cats to the experienced, highly acumen business people. You know, Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And it's you know, it's no matter what industry we've approached here with these with these series and trying to. Dude, get there are people the dirt, out there right the same now. Way. Sorry to cut you off, you. No, you're there right. are people out there right now. Business owners who are really, really smart. That look at business people every day making really stupid decisions. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So it makes us it's look like so good. Can't be blind to that, <laughs> right? Because, it, because, and they even look at it even a step further. If I made the same decisions, my business would falter. Mm-hmm. Like they look at it as like a an assault on their business. It's almost like purposefully sabotaging your own business when you got a plan, but you really don't have a plan because I've asked you what your exit strategy is. You don't even know the answer. And if there's partners involved, nine times out of ten, their exit strategies are different. So they're going different directions. Yeah. Because they haven't even identified what the exit strategy is. So, uh, Robert, so if you round everything underneath the exit strategy, which is about, i got to get in front of people. <laughs> right. 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 And i got to have conversations to close because the more people I talk to, the more people I close. Right. And Robert, do you and have anybody underneath you? Closing at the no, place. it's just me. So it, it's just you. Yes, sir. But you're planning on having some other people underneath you, yeah? Yes, eventually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so then it's even more conversation. Right. right. right? <laughs> ask yourself a question. Sorry, Keith. No, that's right. You've got to ask yourself a question, Robert. Why? So they, you, you can plot questions in your own mind. Don't, nobody's going to hear them. But you say, okay, why? So we always say in our world, okay, if this is my plan and I want to go from A to B, and it's going to take me seven days. Great. Can it take me six? I want to approach that question. Can I do it in five? I want to approach that question. Can I scale from one rep to three reps in three months, six months, nine months? Sure. I can probably pick any one of those. But if, I want, if I'm coming in and I bring in a $10 million investment, I might say, no, we want to scale to 50 reps by six weeks from now. So my timeline overshadows your timeline. It's whoever has comes bearing the biggest stick. Does that make sense? Yes. So you may want to grow. You come into a company that wants to invest in your company to help you grow, and they may be moving at a much more accelerated rate than you are mentally and how fast you want to grow that. You're going to want to adopt their mentality and not have to go the other way around. Right. Right? So if you apply that same level of discipline in your own thinking as if you were going to get an investor – but even if you just took it to your own business, because you're responsible, you're the steward of your own business, it, you got to ask yourself, how much do I want to scale? If I were to sell this business in four years from now, how much would I want to get? How much would give me retirement income? I get very specific and granular around questions. That's what creates the roadmap. So you can get in the vehicle, not try to drive to California with a blindfold on. So, J- does that make sense? Jason, it does. In, in, in all the CEOs and, and people that you've interviewed, have you found the most successful ones have followed that exact strategy? Is I mean, is that like is that the winning uh, uh, mix there? Well, people always ask me a better way to put it, put it, Keith, would be people always ask me what the difference between a small Main Street mom and pop business and a multi-billion-dollar multinational. 
And there's two real things I focus on. One is speed of speed of implementation around decision making processes. Mm-hmm. Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, every problem that comes in the company, in a small company, they make they make molehills into mountains, and in big companies, they make mountains into molehills. All right, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I like that. <clears throat> and so, if 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 you're not operating at that capacity, at that optimization level, to a layman, it looks like they're just competing. To a really, really big $50 billion company with 17, divi- 17 divisions, 15 matrices, three operations managers, two, when a decision comes in, it's solved in two seconds flat. If it can be solved in two seconds flat, right, right. the average small business entrepreneur will always extend that time unnecessarily. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. It does. We're our own worst enemies. So so you have to ask yourself the question, how if a business, if a business strategist slash evaluator came into your business right now and graded you, when you started this business, are you at the revenue level you thought it would be at by this time? If they were to grade you on your overall productivity, profitability, time freedom, money freedom, um, and revenue freedom, all things being optimal, what rate would they give you? If it's anything less than A+, plus, you're not addressing those issues, somebody else is. Man, you're making me start to think now. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you're why right. Do we, yeah. Why do we know that somebody else is? Because there wouldn't be $50 billion or $100 billion companies if they weren't. Right. Right. That's true. They didn't come out of the womb that big. There's not a uterus, uterus in the world that could stand that capacity. <laughs> so... I, so um, did any of these thoughts come across your, your brain as you started to do the insurance stuff, Robert? I mean, did you sit down and, and look at your business this way? Because I, I can tell you right now that some of these questions I know I didn't ask myself when I started. No. Um, I knew eventually that, yes, I wanted to grow it and then sell it. Yeah. Um, getting into the nitty-gritty, though, no, I would have to be honest and say, no, I did not think about all yeah. those questions. Yeah. See, Jason, where were you four and, and years it's ago? Not to, not to beat yourself up, but why would you pursue a goal you haven't even defined yet? Oh, that's true. No. Well, and, you know, I would think that they always keep changing too, right? I mean, that's part of being a business. It'd be like literally turning your remote control on the TV and closing your eyes and I'd pray and watch it. <laughs> which I've totally done. Right? Like, like, you're supposed to be authoring your book, which you're writing blindfolded. Yes. Right. And you're going to assume that I couldn't come in and be an insurance agent and scale my business, do 3,000 reps in about two and a half years flat? Yes, I can. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's a, and that's been a question of mine. That was one I, I pro, pro, uh, proposed yesterday. Jordan was, uh, uh, you guys have got competition. I mean, you're pretty cutthroat, you know, right. industry. Yeah. So what is there? Eighty billion insurance agents. Yeah. <laughs> Last we counted, eighty-one billion. Say, yeah. Yes. I don't have a differentiator. I, I, I answer the call twenty-four-seven, and my premiums are lower. Right. Yes. And <laughs> tick, tick, tick. And so, but if you create a story and, and I'm, I'm, I put this out the bill earlier a guy at Yale went to a 20-year class reunion and all clicks were huddled up and he had those preps making a ton of money you had the artsy farsi making really good money because it came from Yale and then you had the jocks and the only group that was happy he was evaluating was psychology guy was the artsy farsi and what he realized is the other two groups were lacking purpose and so he came up with five questions and he went around and spoke about this, and it's amazing. It's like Simon Sinek stuff, but it's even a little bit 
more cerebral. And so the first question, it's really basic, really simple. And I'll ask you, Robert, is when I ask you who you are, you're just going to say your name, full name, okay? Okay. So, Robert, who are you? Robert Hayeswinkle. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you what you do, and I want you to keep it really simple. You are an insurance agent. So yes. Just say that because we're going to get into purposeful stuff in a minute. So, so let me go over again. Robert, who are you? Robert Hayeswinkle. And what do you do? Insurance agent. And how do you help them? Them being the customer. I help provide in, uh, protection for their home and auto. Okay. Here's the purpose question. Ready? Yes. How have their lives, how have their lives changed since you came into it for the, for the better? Uh, to put it simply, hopefully for the advice I offer. And here's what I mean by that. Insurance is cheap. Accidents are expensive. Everyone wants nope, to. Let, let's go a little bit more, a little more basic. Okay. How is my life affected in a positive way because you're in it? You give me peace at night that I don't have to worry about my family members not being taken care of in the event that something happens to me. Uh, because now, you, when most people greet each other, right? They greet each other. They say, "Hi, my name is," and you give me your name, Robert, and then you say, "What do you do?" And we always lead with what? We always lead with, "I'm an insurance agent," or whatever the case may be. Everybody does it. But if you led with a purpose question, which is, I help change, I help securitize people's mindsets because they don't have to worry about something happening to them, their family won't be taken care of. That now you open that conversation up, right? Okay, so. And so I think, yeah. I am a risk analysis reducer. I help right, to but even reduce more the risk for like you. Heartfelt. You make sure people sleep well at night. They don't have to worry about something happens to another family time to take care of. That's it. Pull the hard Most Okay, there you go. Hit them yes. with that. And it's different than a thousand other people. Let me kind of, let me kind of full circle this whole thing. Here's, here's my thought process. Um, from, a, from a trend perspective, in your industry, in the insurance business, obviously insurance agents buy a lot of leads to grow their businesses. That's how they probably get lead. I mean, I know insurance agents, right? You guys buy a lot, a lot of leads. Is that kind of one of the marketing strategies you guys have used? Um, it, it is. However, with Goosehead, they actually discourage and do not want you to buy leads. They want you to spend that time and money uh, going back to the lenders. Going out and networking events. Yeah. So they do not, but you are well, correct. Most like do. Perspective is you guys are doing breakfast and things like that. It sounds like that's a really effective strategy for you guys. It's very effective. Everyone loves food. So yeah, people got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves food right. and coffee. So if you can get through their stomach to them, then you've got to weigh in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what is your goal? If you had to say, okay, in 10 years, I want gross revenues for my organization to be at what's the first number that comes to your mind? A uh, million. Million a year? Yes. How far away are you from that goal? Uh, pretty far. I just started two months ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, you got a lot of energy for <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Well, he's yes. an entrepreneur, man. He's, he's, he's no, he's no spring chicken. That's for sure. You've been, th you've been down these roads of yes. business before. So, so yes, I have a ways to yeah. go. Where do you see, where do you see your company going in like three, five years? Where, where do you see that scale? Where do you see that scaling up to? And as far as my footprint or making money? No, the company of, that you're with right now, oh. 3,000, give or say, so agents, 
where do you see the, where do you project them to be in three to five years? Oh, I expect them to be. So right now, the biggest one out there is State Farm. Everyone knows who they are, mm-hmm. and they are by far right. leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. I expect Goosehead to be, um, if not caught up to them, right behind them. Um, they we really? have, yes, we have agents leaving, um, coming over to Goosehead because of the model that they have. Um, so there's a difference between a captive agent and an independent captive can only write that line independent can write whomever. Mm -hmm. So the, the model that Goosehead has set up now with, um, staying as an agent and having the service team to be able to help you and then being able to write many different lines of insurance, um, is, is absolutely huge. And, other yeah. companies, other Absolutely. captive companies are changing things that are making it harder. Internet being one of them. Okay. I don't need to go talk to my state farm agent anymore. I can get online. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I've cut him out. Okay. So they're, they're, well, they're I think one thing bit. you guys have done really well is you short, you didn't short change the service out of it. Correct. And you're seeing a huge dividend as a derivative of that particular strategy alone. Yes. Yeah, it's the gap that the others aren't providing. Yep. Now, one thing to say along with that, too, is um, Goosehead is growing now and becoming more well-known. Insurance companies are now asking to be a part of the Goosehead family. They want to be a carrier yeah. for Goosehead, and you have to meet, as an insurance company, you have to meet certain uh, criteria and guidelines. So, no, we don't write with all the insur- independent agencies out there, independent carriers out there. Um, if you don't meet their guidelines, you don't write, uh, you don't get put on with Goosehead. Right. So there's a, there's a bit of prestige, right? right there is, and it goes back to um, I I help people um, sleep well at night. Well, the companies that we we write with have met our criteria, so we can say that. You mentioned a million. That was the number you picked. I didn't pick it. You picked it. I mean, I'm not judgmental either way on it. I'm really coming down right down the middle here. But why did you pick that number? Five million. Was there a uh, something you've had kind of in your mind in the past, or what, what, what was that? Where was that million coming from? Uh, because you put me on the spot, and that's the first number that jumped out. <laughs> to be honest, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wondered why, why not one point five? Why not five? Why not seven hundred fifty thousand? Um, so that's kind of a number that's been in your head for a while. It is, yes. Um, okay. That's a good goal. One, 1.5 would be fine. And I, I'm sh- <laughs> you're not going to argue with that, right? are you? <laughs> and I'm definitely shooting for that. Um, but no, being put right, on the spot. Right, but what I'm saying is it's not going to hurt you to get really granular around that number, right? Because then you can reverse engineer the entire business model. Correct. Absolutely. You can't reverse engineer the business model if you don't know what the destination is. Right. That's exit strategy. Yes. That's exit strategy. Whether you're going to sell it to kids, you're going to go public, you're going to treat it as a cash cow. You know, like roll it up and fold in your coffin when everybody goes, you know, right, right. Yep. whatever happens, I think that it's okay, not against put business laws out there, not that I know of corporate, that we get really granular around that because somebody else is, right? Simple forecasting and it's all that stuff, P&Ls, we'll put it all together. You almost want to create it like an investment grade package to attract it to investors in the event you could ever sell it off as an asset, right? Yes. Book a business. Or even if you're going to scale it. I mean, even if you're going to scale it or, you know, and add somebody to it, I mean, they want another walking into something that's going to be profitable, you know? Right. But it's an asset. Like, so sometimes you can beat over a family number. Yeah. <laughs> book businesses or whatever. But get granular around that. That's, what, that's one recommendation. You mentioned one of your biggest barriers of growth. Let me ask the question a different way. If you would take all the insurance agents that you know or across the board, 
with their biggest barrier to growth is that saying, Tano, it's your biggest barrier to growth. What would you say that is? What is my biggest barrier? And among others as well in your industry that you know of. Um, I, th- I think it still goes back to developing relationships. No matter which company you work for, whatever marketing strategy they have, um, you've, you've got to get out there and talk to people. And if you don't like to do that, I think that's the biggest barrier. You don't have to be the best at it, um, and you can definitely learn. But if, if, you, uh, if you do not like to get out and talk to people and develop relationships at some level, again, Goosehead does it with lenders. Other companies go knocking on door-to-door. Okay, that's fine. Some people get the leads. At, any, at some point, you've got you've to start talking to people. And if you can't do that or are uncomfortable with it, you're gonna, uh, I think that's going to be a huge barrier for uh, growing your company and your business. So it's, it's, uh, it's got to be the same. It's the same for every every agent that's out there. Right. It's probably the same for every person in every business that is in sales. Yeah. You know, is you got to have the conversation. Yeah. And then I think I think the next thing behind that is um, what who is the support system behind you? Whether you're um, with another with another independent company or a captive, um, still the the support that you have behind you, I think, um, can either slow you back or propel you forward. Got it. Um, what where do you? From your own personal side of things in terms of growth and what you're hoping to accomplish for you and your family and stuff like that on a more personal level, what's, what, what, what are you striving for? Um, my wife has truly enjoyed being able to stay at home, and, and so we want to be able to continue to, the, to do that um, and, and basically just to continue to provide for my family. Um, we've got, I've got four kids. And so uh, they keep us very busy and being able to um, enjoy the time with them, being able to uh, do sports and activities uh, with them, being able to have the free time where uh, if you have a job or a career that allows you to be able to stay involved with your family, um, I think is very important. It's very, very important for me. Great. Well, I'm going to, I want to interject something here that's kind of off the beaten path a little bit, but it doesn't put you on a spot. That's right. But you've been in the business, you've only been in two months, but you're really exposed to it. Um, I want to, I want to, one of our sponsors is Integrity Leads and okay. Bill, who's on the call with us. Uh, Bill was so quiet, I forgot um, he was here. Yeah. Hey, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to turn it over to him in a second. But he has some questions about just, I know you're not doing a lot with leads and whatever, but he had questions about what you know about the lead business and what you're seeing in terms of trends. So I'm going to pass it over to Bill and let him ask questions. Okay. Hey, Robert, how are you doing? Hey, Bill, I'm well. How are you? I, I, I'm doing well as well myself. Um, and, and I heard the point that the company – that you bought your franchise from gives you a hundred dollars a month for marketing. Oh no, they don't give it to me. It's out of my own pocket. Okay. 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 So, and I understand building the relationships on the, and, and I'm a lead provider. I'm going to break it down vertically. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and yes, you, you can break it down line wise yourself. Okay. And the insurance for the home. Great business model. Okay? Yes. Because those are relationships that are built, trusted, and work every day. On the automotive insurance model, yeah. 
what what you've got to look at there is a couple different variables. There are people out there right now actively seeking your service, but you have not identified them, and neither has corporate. Okay. And and it, no, they're they're right there right now. Because what's not happened is the branding appropriately in the digital space. Okay. I, that's a struggle with, I think, every business these days that I've definitely seen is that's moving so fast, it's so hard to keep up. It is. You know, I would agree. And, and oh, in. absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the biggest issue that you've got to look at, and I understand corporate's philosophy, Okay. How many federal compliance issues are out there? <laughs> yeah, how many lawsuits okay. are we going to have? Right. right, a lot. <laughs> I mean, what you've got to understand that I've been in this industry since 1999. Mm-hmm. What do you think a car dealer used to say in 99 about internet lead generation? Right. <laughs> it's not going to last. What's the internet? Right, yeah, exactly. Right. And typically because of the age gap, that's exactly what was said. If you're dealing with mom and pop dealerships. I mean, they're locally, Sandy Sansing, known them forever. Yes. Um, real good people. Um, but what you've got to look at is the insurance industry is probably in lead generation five to 10 years behind the automotive sector. Okay. And the reason I say that is because you guys have a customer service center that's built and it takes care of that side. But what the automotive sector has is a business development side and a BDC the internet leads, phone calls, it's all there, and the salesman sells it. Right. Then they have on the service side another BDC, and that takes care of the customer after the sale. Some better than others. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. The Sewell Automotive Group. I, I, I'm originally, um, I, I lived in Pinellas County, Florida, for 22 years. I came from the Carlisle Automotive Group. Okay. We were the number one Lincoln Mercury dealership in North America. Oh. You sound like a Lincoln guy. We had Bill. The, <laughs> well, well, hey. You, you get a ride, That's ride a good style, style, man. It's a good style. Dad, huh? worked at, Dad worked at Ford, and I got the A plan. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> and if you leaked it, it was only one ninety nine a month back then. Right. For two years. And your demo allowance was two fifty. Right. And but what you've got to look at is the compliance issues. And by a, a a corporate standpoint, I can understand their fear. Right now, currently, as we speak, if you pick the phone up and you buy a lead, and that lead hasn't been scrubbed against this database, that database, this database, you know what happens? 
you've opened yourself up for a $1,500 fine all day long. Mm-hmm. Right. As a business owner. Yes. Then, then the feds will dig into everything else. But, and, that, and that's any industry, today. right? That's not just that's not just insurance or automotive. I mean, that's any that's any lead you no, buy that, for anything. That's, that's any lead. Yeah. And and what that boils down to is how can you control that lead, make that lead compliant, without it being watered down and sold three or four times. In that aspect, all your compliancy issues must be covered. The first one is. The TCPA, telephone, T-A-C-P-A, it's, it's a Telephone Compliance Act of 1991, 92-ish. And that's a, that's a Senate Act. And that's where the Do Not Call Registry began. Right. Okay. But then each and every state also has their own Do Not Call list. So... And the internet lead generation site, I can tell you exactly the same IP address where this came from. I can tell you the email's good. I can tell you the phone number's good. And that's the differentiation point. Meaning? So what it means is I can track that lead back to the computer it came from. So you can legitimately when, when, say whether it's I can been once or twice. Go or... all the way back to the IP address, yeah. whether it's a mobile phone, whether it's someone sitting at their desktop, yeah, somebody at work. And so, uh, so uh, for them uh, to even uh, become a lead, there's three clicks, three pages. They're going through for the compliancy issues. And they agreed to be contacted by a local agent. Boom, boom, boom. Right. Done deal. So you think there's, there's in your world uh, of insurance, there's probably not enough companies utilizing the, the power of this, do you think? No, I would agree. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming some of the bigger companies would probably jump on board. But I mean, Bill, you tell me, uh, uh, do they have wind of like how real and, and powerful that, that kind of stuff I, is? I, I can I can share with you right now in the automotive space. I'm sure they're all over. Same it. with me, and, and same with me. Oh, they're all on. But Ford Motor Company, let's just use Ford for an example. Each and every dealership within 50 miles of that consumer gets that lead. Yes. Right. Fastest dog to the race, right? (laughs) Right. Exactly. It's a shotgun method because the OEM doesn't care. Right. And they've just sold their same product four times. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And they're going to pay through it through a company called Ford Direct. That's part of their, and they have a co-op fund and everything else. But what you've got to look at is how I choose to do business is me and the trusted partners I have in business is I make that lead 100% exclusive. I cannot stop the consumer from shopping, but what I can do is say, Hey, the buck stops here. Right. So, if it's a hundred percent not uh, uh, non-transferable, I guess we could call it, right? Does that does that give you the no, better? One hundred percent exclusive. Yeah, there you go. One hundred percent exclusive. Every, 
100% exclusive. Exclusivity. So, so is that giving you an advantage? I mean, does that mean that, you know, that first call is going to be the last call? You think? More so than, than somebody who's been right shotgun pricing. method? But the first shot's always the best shot. <laughs> you hope, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you got one chance, right? I've been deer hunting in my days. <laughs> Very true. So, um, you know, and I know we kind of went down the, the, the road of, of sort of leads and, and getting business here, but um, only because we're getting towards the end of time here. I just want to bring it back around into some of the rest of, of, uh, of the insurance world. But, I mean, first of all, I've learned enough today, whether it's the industry of insurance that I'm in or or any other business, um, between some of the questions that Jason's asked you for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. or, or some things that I know I need to go back to the, to the drawing board and maybe start thinking about. Right. Yes. And, and so, um, I'm like you, uh, I, I could pick a million or a million five and that'd be easy, but either way it was going to be scalability that has to happen. Yeah. So, um, so Jason, I gotta thank you for that maybe because I can, I can, I've got some work to do and it's good because as an entrepreneur and I think as a business person, when you start fleshing yourself with questions that you can't answer, mm-hmm. I think that's a good chance to, to sit back and grow, right? Right. And really figure it out. So, because here's, I think here's the thing is that if I go back and answer these questions, I might actually have a plan mm-hmm. at the end of them that, that can achieve some goals that I may not have thought about achieving. Right. Yes. So, um, but, uh, uh, you know, as we're getting to the end of time here, so real quick, uh, I do want to make sure that Rob, that you get a, a chance to plug. So if anybody wants to find out some more information about Goosehead or, or your services, where can we send them to? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Rob Hayeswinkle. I'm on Facebook, Rob Hayeswinkle, and uh, website is goosehead.com. That's goosehead.com, Goosehead Insurance. Uh, or you can give me a call, um, 850-698-3213. My email, rob.hayeswinkle at goosehead.com. Awesome. And so, and then, hey, our, Robert, before you sign off, I'm sorry. I want to jump in. No, you're all right. Go ahead. Go. Well, I'm going to let Bill talk to you since he's been our sponsor. I was going to let him give some information out as well. So, yeah, no, you're good. I just want to finish off, but Robert, it's been a pleasure interviewing you, man. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the experience as well. I absolutely did. I appreciate your time and I will gladly come on back anytime you guys let me. It was a great experience. And I, uh, it was a true pleasure talking with you, Jason. Thank you very See, much. You're hired, by the way. See, he didn't even know. He's, <laughs> so, tomorrow at 2 30, we'll see you here. <laughs> So, hey, hey, Keith, real quick, do we get to talk to Rob after the show or does he have to run? Uh, I think we gotta, we'll got. we have a couple I of minutes here Yeah, once, once I yeah. sign us off. So I'm going to let Bill go ahead and, uh, uh, Bill, for those that might be interested in, in what you do, man, uh, as being our sponsor, which, by the way, thank you for that. Um, I'll give them some information on where they can find you. Um, you know, it's, you know I, I'd like to thank everyone else. You know, a, a very productive um, call very productive show and integrity leads you can look us up at integrityleads.co or get a hold of me personally at 269-823-5644 awesome okay and then uh jason um thank you sir by the way for being here the less i had to talk the better the show sounds i think and what do you think <laughs> i agree uh, i'll tell you what <laughs> this is a, it's an amazing format i love the round tables i've been doing them I don't, I've done quite a few of them, Keith, and it's just such a great it's a good conversation, isn't it? It is. Perspectives and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, you guys hang tight uh, for a second. Let me let me uh, get us out of here, and then uh, uh, we can complete our finish our conversation. Fair enough.
Thanks, Pete. I appreciate the opportunity, man. It's been it's been a it's been a fun ride. Awesome. All right, you guys. You can find us at Picola Radio X on Twitter. You can find us at Picola BRX on Facebook, or you can find us on our website at businessradiox.com or you can find us on our live stream at businessradiox.live and this has been Pensacola Business Radio where business is good and your work matters.